Welcome to the Two Degrees Hotter podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And we're two recent college graduates navigating young adult life in Boston, documenting it for you along the way. From college advice to post-grad problems, we're here to open the conversation of what it's like to be a 20-something, just figuring it out. We're excited you're tuning in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you like to listen. And we hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Two Degrees Hotter podcast. Hello, hello, everybody. We're back, and this episode, we have another guest on the pod. So, Anya, do you want to tell us a little bit about our guest? Yes. So, our guest this week is Marina. She is a great friend of mine from Northeastern, and She is who I like to refer to as a budgeting queen, so Mm -hmm. she has a lot of financial knowledge, a lot of tricks, so um, she kind of gives her tips about her personal budgeting tip and little ways that she spends money or saves money, (laughs) Um, which I know we could all use during this especially uncertain time, so I was really happy to have her on, but before we get into that, let's do our segments. Yes. Um, it's funny because you always say yes after. <laughs> I, it's a it's a like nervous tick. Um, <laughs> but for my little uh, update, we I have another update when it comes to my law school. So we have basically been given a choice where you know they haven't made a definitive decision on their end as to whether classes will resume in person, whether they'll resume with certain protocols or guidelines, which I think we all can assume at this point that some sort of uh, social distancing protocol will be put in place regardless, but they haven't, you know, specified what or anything like that. But they have given us the option to opt in for a fully online course load. So I could opt in theoretically and spend my whole semester, you know, here in New Hampshire and take classes remotely. And I would still have access to campus and all of the resources on campus. So say one Saturday, I had a lot of work to do. I could make a trip into Boston and spend the day at the library and utilize those resources, which is obviously a huge pro. The biggest con right now is that there isn't a lot of information about how this will be handled and organized. And obviously online learning, at least for me, isn't an ideal way of learning, but there's a lot of factors to consider, you know, including relocating to Boston, um, my personal health and safety, the health and safety of my family. So yeah, it's a lot, a lot to think over for sure. Yeah. Especially when like the whole, we talk about this a little bit in our episode, but like the whole housing kind of situation in Boston isn't ideal right now and there's not a lot of like in-person viewings and Mm -hmm. you still have to pay brokers fees a lot of the time so definitely a lot of things to weigh but hopefully things will become more clear in the the next few months as the situation continues to unfold and you can make a more educated decision yeah and everyone that I've talked to um at my school because I have reached out just to try to get a little bit of clarity or even just bounce ideas off of you know people that actually work there. Um, And they kind of, you know, led me to believe that this month, June, will be a really clarifying month. We 
obviously this episode isn't coming out to the end of June, but we're recording earlier in June. So I'm hoping that by the time this episode actually airs, that I'll have a better idea and understanding of kind of what the deal is. But like everything nowadays, you kind of just have to take it one day at a time. And, you know, Anya said it really good before we started recording that everyone's schedules and timelines are kind of messed up. So just, you know, understanding that and not making too hasty of a decision on this is important. I think we talked about this in a in a previous episode, but like no one can like put pressure on themselves to plan very far mm-hmm. ahead right now. Like it's just like so not worth the like stress and energy. Like it's just I've if I've learned anything from this whole thing is that just like going with the flow is like sometimes the only way to go. <laughs> Today I so I guess I haven't super explained my job, but basically um, I work at a nonprofit that helps um, innovative startup companies with manufacturing and supply chain questions. So um, today was a really fun day because I had a really cool call with this um, female CEO and her startup. Um, I don't know if they're still kind of like in stealth mode, so I don't want to disclose a whole lot about it or like the name or anything, but they're basically Mm -hmm. making, they're using recycled plastics, either from like landfill or ocean plastics in order to manufacture, um, different like homewares. So different like aspects of like home tiles and like home design and stuff like that. So I just feel like it was like the intersection of everything I'm interested in because I love interior design and I love sustainability and like I love female CEOs. So it was just like the best, um, which kind of like leads to my next point, which was um, when I first – we were talking about goals with my manager, like setting kind of like long-term goals for this role. And um, one of the professional development goals that I brought up was to like establish legitimacy as a female in like an often male dominated sphere. So like startups are very male dominated, um, especially like a lot of the ones we work with are kind of like robotics and engineering and clean tech focused. So that kind of lends itself to a lot of like male energy. And then also like, especially the manufacturing sector, like people that work in like sheet metal and plastics and logistics and supply chain in general, are just like, it's a very male dominated field. And there's just like no denying that. So I kind of wanted to talk through with her because um, she's a woman, so that was great. <laughs> um, it's actually my first female manager, which is um, fun also. But um, she kind of gave this advice of how to like establish legitimacy as a woman like right off the bat and kind of like not being afraid to introduce yourself and like list some of your credentials um, in like initial conversations. And I think a lot of the times like girls would hold back and be like, oh, I don't want to like brag. but you have to like, especially just to get through. So like, for example, my last job was at a unicorn startup. And like when I introduce myself and I say like, hi, I'm Anya. I used to work at XYZ and people know it. And so I I just think right off the bat, especially talking to startups, if you tell them that you've worked at a unicorn, like they just automatically trust you so much more, Um, which like it sucks that it has to be that way. But um, I thought that was really good advice. So if you're also in like a male dominated field, consider just like even if you're coming across extremely confident, like it's just, it's better to play it that way um, and just like try to get respect right off the bat. So thought I'd share. Yeah, no, I think that's really insightful. And I've even, you know, heard not only establishing your kind of credibility right off the bat, but I think even, and we could go into this in a whole episode, I feel like, but there's a tendency for women, especially in a professional setting to like downplay 
their mm-hmm. confidence. So, like, I think the best example is, like, you'll give, like, a very uh, eloquent, literate, like, response to something and then be like, does that make sense? Or think, right. like, kind of noticing those habits in you and, like you said, using that confidence um, right off the bat and then continuing it, continuing it in the conversation is huge. Yeah, and I think the biggest way that I noticed that in myself, like, that kind of negating language was saying, like, mm-hmm. just – like I did yeah. this so much at my very first role and I remember one of my uh, female like colleagues came up to me and she was like, you're not – her name's Anna. She's the best. She was like, you're not <laughs> just asking for this. Like you are asking for this because you need it for like our monthly metrics and it's like a totally fair request. Like you're not just checking in, you know, like just yeah. kind of trying to like eliminate those ingrained phrases um, yeah. from your vocabulary it can be hard. But um, something that I'm sure I'll continue to learn as – a female in this male-dominated space. <laughs> For sure. Um, so my kind of personal update is a little more lighthearted, I guess. But I chopped my hair. Um, this is a very, very exciting thing for me. So for those of you that know me, my hair, honestly, throughout this entire year was very long. Like, I really let it grow out. And then when quarantine happened and hair salons closed my hair really grew out um because obviously I didn't even have access to like getting a trim or anything like that which you know in hindsight isn't that big of a deal compared to everything going on but I think it's safe to say that a lot of people were antsy to do something to their hair and so I'm very proud to report that I survived uh hair salons being closed before cutting or dyeing my own hair I think that is something to be celebrated, but certainly. Um, but yeah, so I think my mom took a picture of my hair, like the length that it was at before, because she was like, "I really want to see like the difference." And I want to say I chopped off a good like nine inches. Yeah, I'd probably say. Yeah, so I did not donate it. I don't know if people are like familiar with. I'm sure girls are familiar with donating their hair. <laughs> Have you heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> um. Mainly because Pantene Beautiful Lengths doesn't do it anymore. And I've heard some contradicting information about Locks for Love. And I didn't feel comfortable donating, not knowing exactly what it would be going to. So I personally didn't. If you choose to, more power to you. But I definitely feel like a new woman. Like, it was definitely the refresher that I needed um, after all this just to feel, you know, cutie again cutie again (laughs) because I wasn't feeling cutie yeah and um I'm sure we all know Kylie's love for Tess Christine from our celebrity crushes (laughs) episode so of course she brought in a picture of Tess Christine to really seal the deal and then I sent Anya a picture and she goes I'm getting Tess Christine vibes and I was like that's honestly the most perfect thing you've ever said to me (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get into our favorites yes Oh, I did it again. <laughs> so my favorite is something that I've been considering bringing up for a long time. Um, and it is The Ordinary as a brand, but specifically the niacinamide 10% plus zinc 1%. And if you're not familiar with The Ordinary, you're probably like, why is Anya talking about chemistry? But The Ordinary is a skincare brand and they are very like clean cut, 
very like little marketing like they basically just try to make it like as direct to consumer as possible and they try not to have like a lot of external expenses as, as I understand um so they're a really cool brand they have a ton of information on their website about like ph levels like it's very um like scientifically backed and I feel like really good about using their products on my skin and they're really affordable and I get them at Ulta but this product specifically um I'm actually going to look it up right now. I forget what vitamin niacinamide is. I do know if you guys are familiar with Hiram or skincare by Hiram on YouTube, he is, you know, an ordinary stan. He loves the ordinary. Um, and he has a lot of helpful like tips and tricks on his channel of ways to understand kind of what their products can do for you. So Yeah, so it looks like niacinamide is um, a form of vitamin b3 um and i really like this specific product because um it's helped fade some um discoloration for me and also it's really helps with like oiliness throughout the day um so it kind of comes in like a little serum and i just use three dots every night all over my face and i feel like it's really made a difference so would highly recommend. I also really like their caffeine solution, which you can use like on your um, under eye area in the morning. But just as a whole, I really like The Ordinary and um, Skincare by Hiram really kind of converted me from like, I've always been interested in like clean beauty, but I think I had this perception that like natural products were always the best. And I think he really like opened my perspective on like why lab formulated like sterile things can actually be good. So don't be putting essential oils on your face, ladies. Like, please yeah. <laughs> refer to his videos for more information. <laughs> Fragrance is no good, ladies. Don't do it. Fragrance uh, is not our friend. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, I've been watching his videos and I'm like, I'm ready to change my whole skincare routine. I'm really not doing too bad for his standards, but there's definitely areas that I can improve. Um, and one of them is I really want to try out this serum. So I'll definitely have to pick it up but yeah it's like seven dollars yeah and that's another thing the ordinary is like so well priced um mm -hmm. and so like attainable for anyone who as long as you put in the work to kind of figure out um what each thing does for you but again that's where Hiram's channel is really helpful mm -hmm. um but for my favorite this week kind of going off of my hair now that my hair is nice and chopped and my dead ends are no longer I really want to prioritize keeping my hair healthy. I was saying to some of my friends that I can really see myself trying to maintain this length because I had a bit of a habit of chopping my hair, growing it out, chopping my hair, growing it out, chopping my hair, growing it out. And that's not necessarily the healthiest thing to do for your hair, especially if you're not getting trims within that, you know, chop and grow out period, which I'm going to be honest, I wasn't. But if I want to maintain nice, healthy hair, one thing that I found really helpful is a hair mask from Trader Joe's. So I believe it's just called their coconut oil and yeah, shea butter mask. I use this too. It's in like a, a white and teal bottle. Can't miss it. Um, and you, the nice thing about it is you can use it as often as you want. Like it's not a super, um, what's heavy. like the term? Yeah, exactly. It's not a super heavy, like once a week some there's been weeks where I use it every single day just as my conditioner and just let it sit a little longer than I would a normal conditioner in the shower because my hair is feeling particularly dry other times I just use it you know once twice a week um but it's supposed to help you know obviously with 
moisture, um, like dry hair. It's supposed to help maintain dry, uh, not maintain dry hair, help dry hair. <laughs> um, and <laughs> repair split ends and just do all those nice healthy things for your hair. And I definitely noticed my hair feeling a lot softer and healthier after using it. And again, it's probably what, like six, seven dollars? It's it's even less than that. It's really cheap. Yeah. Um, it's I probably would have made this my favorite at some point if you didn't beat me to it. I really like it too. Um, and the ingredients are really clean. If you look at yeah. them, there's like, there's a lot of different like oils and butters in it. Like it's pretty pretty impressive for the price point and like the accessibility like I probably grab a new one every single time I'm at Trader Joe's (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so definitely check her out at Trader Joe's yeah we have like an impressive amount of Trader Joe's favorites (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sure it won't stop anytime soon (laughs) we should really just get on the Trader Joe's episode at this point I know we really should let us know if if you want that (laughs) okay so Getting into our main episode topic for this week, we wanted to bring on a very special guest, Marina, to talk about budgeting because she is a budgeting and financial money, all things money queen. So um, Marina, do you want to give a little high level intro to yourself? Thank you, Anya, for that lovely introduction. Hi, everybody. My name is Marina. So I am 21 years old. I just graduated Northeastern University with Anya, and I'm an accounting major. Yes, indeed. Accounting queen. So um, Marina texted me like right after our first episode came out, and she was like, I'm excited to be on your podcast. Like, let me be a guest on your podcast. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, you can be on our podcast. I know. I was literally so (laughs) proud of you guys for actually like doing something productive. And I was like, oh, well, I want to be a part of it. So here I am. I know you were like the first one that wanted to be a guest. And I was like, oh my God, so yeah. I remember, I remember Anya texting us and being like, my friend Marina says she wants to be on. I was like, really? Someone wants to be on the podcast with us? Yeah, very exciting. (laughs) So you are our second guest, I believe. Um, And you guys, you've met like a couple times in passing, right? You two? Yeah, like anytime that I've been to Northeastern at like little pregames and things like that, I think we've met in passing. Yeah, when I first saw her face, I was like, oh, she looks so familiar. And then the first episode, she was talking about her TV shows and stuff that she likes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've seen all of these and I like them all. So we are definitely very similar. (laughs) Compatible. Compatible. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, So I guess... The listeners might be wondering how Marina and I know each other in the first place, and it's because we were in the same sorority, um, the same new member class, we called it. Um, So we joined, we both joined in fall 2017. We both joined as sophomores. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and we both um, ended up being on eBoard together for all of 2019. So I was vice president and Marina was treasurer, which, you know, checks out. Um, And those were, I I wrote on our notes, rough but formative times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, Um, they were. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's how I knew Marina was the finance queen. Um, And yeah, so that's like the main, the main reason we know each other. But we also have, like, a really weird, yeah. coincidental, like, life anecdote. <laughs> yeah, I feel like joining the sorority, I just knew of you as, like, the shining star. You were, like, everyone's new member, like, favorite new member who went above and beyond. And I was like, oh, okay. But then 
we didn't actually get close until we both signed up in like a weird coincidence for a dialogue, which is like a shortened study abroad program that Northeastern does um, in Russia, which is mm-hmm. just like a huge coincidence because I knew that I was trying to go to Russia just to like kind of figure out something new, do something without anyone that I knew kind of thing. So it was wild that like out of the 16 people that were in the program that it was somebody else in my sorority. Yeah, it was funny because we have like an academic like sorority Facebook group that people post in and there's always like a certain time of year when people are applying to these like short study abroads that everyone's posting like, oh, is anyone going to Egypt? Is anyone going to like Italy or whatever? And Marina posted, oh, is anyone going to Russia? And I was like, wait, I have that interview today. Like it was really Uh, weird. Oh my gosh, yeah, that little interview, interview in quotes. Yeah, everyone that wanted to go to Russia was in, like who are we kidding? (laughs) (laughs) All all four of us, yeah, no. (laughs) Um, but we had ourselves a time. We were so we were in what did we go to six cities? Oh my gosh, I don't even remember the number. I think we went to six cities, um, two being St. Pete and Moscow. And then we also mm-hmm. did we like took the Trans Siberian Railroad and went to some like more Siberian cities also. Mm-hmm. Um and I think our most notable memory, maybe not the most notable, I feel like that's bad to say. It but would be bad to say that. Really, yeah, we did some like culturally impactful things. But one of the most memorable experiences was we met this waiter in what, like Novosibirsk or was it Yekaterinburg? It was Yekaterinburg, actually. <laughs> Our pronunciation is like so cringe. I know. Um, that one is the hardest one to pronounce next. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard. But we met this waiter, Dimitri. At this Dimitri. like gorgeous Italian restaurant that like nobody was at. Like that was like the weirdest part. Yeah, it was empty, and Italian is, like, weird to have in Russia, but that's pretty much all we ate. Yeah, Yeah, we ate Italian, and then, like, the occasional actual Russian dish, which, like, I've tried Russian food because my parents are Russian, but I feel like everyone else on the trip was just like, what the hell is all this? Yeah. Um, Well, it's weird because they have, like, a ton of restaurants from other cultures because they didn't have those for so long during the Soviet Union. Yeah. There was a ton of Italian, and... I don't even know what else all the italian just like infiltrated mm-hmm. um but yeah so we met this guy dimitri and like i don't really even remember the details of it now but like somehow he like got our information like we gave him like our whatsapp because he like very broken english asked us oh yeah he could not speak english and we could not really speak russian so it was <laughs> never it was never gonna work in the first place but he was just so like sweet and cute yeah. and i don't even know we were just like he was endearing, like, yeah, was he like was like a little, little Bambi boy. Like, he had no idea, like, where we were from. We didn't really know where he was <laughs> from. It was just so interesting. Yeah, and then he actually, like, so we were, like, leaving that day to go on the Trans-Siberian Railroad, and he, like, messaged me, remember? And I was like, oh, my God, like, what do we do? Like, Yeah, I think it ended up fizzling out quite quickly, but. Yeah, <laughs> great guy, though, great guy. <laughs> um, yeah, we spent a month in Russia, and that's when we really got to know each other and then so that was summer 18 so whoa that was summer 2018 (laughs) and then we ended up on eboard together all of 2019 which was um we spent literally like how many hours a week together (laughs) because of all that i know our whole Um, got super close which was it was honestly my best memory of the sorority and i don't yeah definitely um and it's like it's just hard to be in charge of like 130 plus girls that like pay for this organization that they want to be a part of, obviously, because like everyone has different opinions and um, 
but yeah, I'm glad like that was one of the best things that came out of it was that like all of our eboard could like relate to each other and like we were all in it together and trying to figure things out. So mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, it's, we it's digress. It's really weird being a being an alum now thinking about that. Well, yeah, because it was so sudden too, like closure yeah. like we don't know her no um, yeah anyway <laughs> um so why don't you talk about like your post-grad current state yeah uh, and so like what your plans are the whole topic of your little pod so I just graduated but I am now living at home which isn't too far from Boston but um, I'm in Connecticut this whole summer I was supposed to be taking my master's in accounting um, at Northeastern, but now I'm doing it online. So I've been doing that now and will be finished in August, which is kind of cool to have like a second degree, but it is unfortunate that both my graduations were in the year of 2020. True. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then in any other free time I have, I've started to study for the CPA, um, which is a certification to become a public accountant. Um, it's kind of a little confusing because you have to finish it in 18 months, but if you finish it in a year, you're the company that you work for will pay for you. So there's a little bit of time pressure on that. Um, But I wasn't supposed to be starting to study now anyways. I was supposed to be traveling. So I'm grateful that I can at least get ahead and start studying for that. But And then right as I finish school, I'll start full-time in public accounting, uh, a firm known as PwC in Boston, which is nice to be knowing that I will be returning at some point. Um, A firm known as PwC. It's like one of the biggest accounting (laughs) firms. I was going to say... But they actually just emailed me the other day, and they were like, yeah, we're in no rush to go back to the office. So, And I'm just like, uh. You're like, cool. I'll be living at home forever. It's I know. Fine. I mean, as soon as, as – as, I mean, like, so many people are in this situation or even worse situation. So just taking it day by day at this point. So maybe this is, like, a dumb question, but, like, <laughs> what is public accounting? Like, why is it public? Yeah. So we – Basically, we'll do accounting for other companies. So I will have a bunch of clients, whereas private accounting is if you're on the internal accounting side of a company doing their financials. Whereas but the I'm abbreviation look- ends up being the same. What do you mean? Like certified public accountant and certified private accountant? Oh, no. So it's just certified public. So both, So to be a CPA, to be a certified public accountant, you can work in private or public. Oh, intriguing. Certification just means like, oh, you did all of these um, tests and you know what you're supposed to be doing to be an accountant. <laughs> it's okay. mostly, it's really important for like ethics and stuff because there's a lot of issues in the accounting world with that. So, mm-hmm. and we don't also, love a money laundering. No, we don't. We don't love an <laughs> Enron. We don't love, we don't love all these, all these scandals happening, but. It raises, like, your pay and, like, to be promoted past a certain um, status. What is the word? I don't even know. Position. Know, level. Level. Yeah. You have to have it at some point. So, trying to not Just get it out, out of the way. Okay. Yes. Respect. Yeah. A self-starter. Um, <laughs> truly. Um, so, yeah, I guess all of these credentials, um, you can tell Marina is very um, financially literate, um, which I kind of wanted to, like, start out by talking about like everyone's like relationship with money because I feel like I I was never in like a bad financial place by any means at all but I I feel like I've always had like a very like touchy relationship with like my own money just like even freshman and sophomore year I would just like cringe and like never want to check my bank account which is like a terrible habit and I just feel like it was because I never 
I never knew enough and I never was like being responsible enough about my spending to like not worry about it all the time, if that makes sense. Um, so Kylie, like, what do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I relate. So one of my favorite things to tell people is that I finished freshman year of college with $14 and like 60 something cents in my bank account. I'm actually not kidding you in a little bit. So freshman year, Kylie had no idea what she was doing with money. She was like, this is like, what is money? I'm just going to throw it at anything. So that was a big wake up call to be like, hey, you got to like, not do that. You can't have $14 and 60 cents in your bank account all the time. So I've been on a journey of learning more about money, especially because the closer I got to graduation, the closer I realized that I have to pay back student loans. And so I really can't afford to be financially illiterate or, you know, to not know the best way to go about budgeting. With that being said, I still have a lot to learn in that regard. Um, but yeah, a sis has to budget. That's for dang sure. So she doesn't have yeah. fourteen dollars and sixty cents in her bank account. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And the whole it, it is a touchy subject because everybody is in a different position, and you don't know what they're in just by looking at them. Like you can't tell. Um, so I know, like going it through college, it was like, oh, it's just going to be something I kind of keep to myself. Maybe like be like, oh, well, I don't have the money to go out to this restaurant. But other than that, it was never something that you just told him like the first person you met sort of thing yeah I also feel like going to school in Boston I mean I really like we don't have anything to compare to necessarily but I feel like for us like going to school in the city there's just like so much pressure to spend money and it's like you want to be social and you want to go to like brunch every weekend and there's just like so many options to do that but like even just ubering like one ubering to like one bar downtown would be like what like 20 bucks sometimes and it's just like it adds up so much. And I don't know, like, if you had the same experience, like not being at a city school too, but I just feel like there was so much like Boston pressure to like, always be spending money. No, I definitely had a lot of pressure. And I think that's what got me into such a bad place freshman year was that was the only year of college that I wasn't working. Obviously, I, you know, got a job during the school year and during the summer. Um, to fix my lack of money. But it was, you know, if all your friends, all these new friends that you made are saying, we're going off campus to get pizza, you don't want to be the only one that says, no, I can't go. Especially mm-hmm. freshman year is such a formative year for, um, like, building your friend group. Obviously, like I said, as time went on, I was working throughout the school year and got a lot better with managing money. So I felt less guilty saying no but there is that pressure of well if I don't go out to eat with my friends like what if they just stop inviting me or or maybe that's just me (laughs) being paranoid but yeah there's that social pressure to you know not feel like you're gonna miss out just because you either don't want to spend the money or you can't spend the money yeah Yeah, and I I totally think (laughs) no go ahead (laughs) no I totally think that's such a common feeling to feel Um, I remember I saved up so much money for college and I think I blew it in the first semester of freshman year. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And that's like a good segue into budgeting now, like as a post-grad human. Um, And I will say like, I don't actively track my spending beyond like some apps and like automated things that I have, but Um, I know you have like a budget sheet that you have like inputted numbers into, right, Marina? 
Right. So, well, first of all, when I was on eboard, I was the treasurer. So the budget was the main thing of that position. And um, that's a little different because you're budgeting for an organization rather than budgeting for yourself. But I definitely think that most of us are at a time in our lives where we're becoming adults. It's time to budget. It's time to take over our finances. And I think it's just really important. So the budget sheet that I have is actually from, if you watch YouTube or listen to podcasts, from Natalie Barbu. Um, and I think it's good to do, at least for the first few months, to see kind of what categories you're spending too much on and then what you could be spending more on and where you could be taking like saving from. Um, so she breaks it down really well and really into small details, like even just coffee, like that one would add up. Coffee, alcohol, um, nails, workout classes, gym, and then bigger things like utilities and rent and groceries. So there's actually like little categories for each one. And then you put in your income and take out your expenses and you see what you're kind of saving which is probably going to be scary in the beginning to see that I'm not saving as much as I want to, but hopefully using that will help me save more as I go on. Is that sheet like available online somewhere? Yes. So she has it on her website, but I can also send it to you. It's just an Excel sheet. Um, Yeah, we can link that um, in the show notes. And I know there's also just Excel has like budget templates, like all of that kind of Mm -hmm. things, but I like hers because it's geared towards women our age and kind of the things that we would be spending on and things that you wouldn't really think of as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a big one is car insurance and health insurance premiums or co-pays. So it's things that your parents are paying for you now, most likely that you are going to have to be taking into consideration when you have a job and when you're doing it all by yourself. Yeah, like I actually have only like two weeks left to choose my health insurance plan through <gasps> my new job. Oh my gosh, you're um, so old. I know. So it's like it's like through our like HR online platform situation and I keep getting like automated emails being like, you only have X number of days left to like choose your health insurance. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, it's a choose for my health insurance. And I mentioned like um, – the last episode that my mom had like a medical emergency so like my dad is like not in the mood to talk about health insurance and like what I should choose (laughs) so that also doesn't help (laughs) yeah so it's Um, really on you I know but yeah like realizing that there's going to be all sorts of like expenses that I mean I'm sure people in college have paid for this themselves and like kudos to you for you know having that literacy earlier on but like I'm sure there's so many things that like we have not been thinking about that are going to become like large expenses, even if it's something that's just like taken out of your paycheck or something like that. It's like just things to account for that. Like we didn't really have to worry about through school. Right. And I feel like this year, especially I've been going to like the walk-in clinic or wherever. And I, I, you pay those co-pay that $50 that $75 without even thinking really, but that is going to add up, especially um, through this interesting world that we are living in right now. Health wise. (laughs) Indeed. Um, um, and you mentioned that this budgeting sheet has its own nail category, or did you make that yourself? <laughs> no, that is in hers. So she has like waxing, eyebrows, like eyelash, like oh things gosh. that like some people Amazing. spend a lot of money on and that you just, you don't realize. Yeah, that's like some detail. Um, but no, honestly, this quarantine, I've been hopping on the press on nail trend and I actually seriously love it. And I don't know if I will I don't know if I'll ever justify spending like $80 for manicure ever again, but we'll see. Okay. I, 
I saw you put that in the show notes, and I'm going to be honest, I hopped on the press on nail trend, like, freshman year when I had no money in my bank account, and I definitely couldn't afford to get my nails done, and I never get more compliments than when I have press on nails. I get I compliments so all impressed. the time. All they the really- people are like, I can't believe, like, did, where, what salon did you get them at? I'm like, my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> impressed no, nail salon that happened to me in quarantine everyone's like where did you get your nails done like I live in Connecticut and nail salons are the last thing to open basically mm-hmm. um and they're like did you get your nails done like illegally like how'd you get the nut I was like no they're pressed <laughs> on nails yeah. <laughs> what brand do you get yeah kiss and press really <laughs> knows. they're Kylie knows. they're life-changing they're literally like what five $8. to ten dollars yeah. eight dollars yeah, yeah. And they're, they stay on for like a full week and they look so good. Oh, I love it. I trick everyone. I have actually like never, even when I was like younger, I've never used pressed on nails before. Just a little tip. Out. Just a little budgeting. A little life hack. Life okay. hack. Here. <laughs> All right. I respect it. But normally when I was in Boston, literally every two weeks I was getting them done for $75, $80. So. But you yeah, always had really nice nails though. <laughs> I know. I love my nails. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I'm, a, I'm a big girl now and I gotta gotta make sure I can uh, not default on any payments here so <laughs> and another thing another thing that I like don't even want to think about but you have to think about is taxes so I've always had my taxes done by my parents whatever but this year 2020 will probably be the first year that I'm filing by myself um, and I know there's TurboTax and all of those um, websites that are make it pretty easy, but it's also just important to know what you have spent, what you have made, and all of those little things so you can make it as easy for yourself as possible before April 15th. <laughs> yeah, we were like texting each other daily when, um, when we were like trying to figure out if we were going to get incentive checks. Um, right. And I was like, Marina's like my tax expert right. here. I, like, I know how to do, I can do taxes, but honestly, I've never like witnessed anything more complicated than the tax system. Like it is serious. There's an exception for every rule. There is like a cutoff point. There is a phase out for basically every rule in tax. Um, I definitely couldn't do all of it on my own, but I do know the basics and I do know that if you didn't get the stimulus check this year, you will get it in 2020 if you are not dependent on your parents in 2020 because it is an advance on a tax credit. So that's hopeful. So you'll get it in 2021, like for 2020? Correct. Correct. Okay. I think you said 2020 twice. Yeah. For your 2020 tax return that you get in 2021. <laughs> gotcha. Right. So look forward to that check, ladies and gents. Yeah. Coming at you. <laughs> I know. That'll be a nice little... Nice. It just seems weird because it's like if the check was supposed to stimulate the economy at like when it needs it now, it just it's like interesting the premise, but whatever. It's because it's it's an advance on the credit and like you're advancing it for some people but not for other people. They still do deserve it later on. Like it's very weird. Yeah. That's like a weird obviously like very 2020 exception to all of this yeah Yeah, Um, exactly so another thing that is extremely helpful in the whole budgeting thing is well for me I use Bank of America so I have their app um, and they have a bunch of charts and like like pie charts and just like demographic information about like what I'm spending my money on Um, I know like every month they'll be like oh you're spending like $500 more than your 
depositing that's whatever the worst <laughs> I know I'm always I like hate when they tell you. me that usually when I'm not working I'm like yeah I don't have any money <laughs> yeah no I hate seeing that stat I'm like leave me alone bank but America. I also do sort of like the pie chart where it's like oh you spent like 50% on transportation because yeah I don't have a car in Boston so I'm ubering everywhere like I think that's kind of interesting what yeah I actually have a funny story about that because it wasn't the Bank of America app but I think it was Mint which is like another budgeting oh, app yeah, I've heard of that I've heard of that yeah and so there was one time that I was looking at it after using it for like a couple weeks and it said that I was over budget on fast food by like a hundred dollars and I was like <laughs> so confused i was like when did i buy fast food like there literally aren't even like fast food restaurants in boston i was like yeah. this is not like possible and then i realized it's because it counted my tea pass as subway and it like wait auto put <gasps> subway into like, like the restaurant, restaurant. <laughs> and i was like oh my god why are you yelling at me for spending so much on fast food and then i was like oh it's because it thinks the mbta is Subway, subway restaurant yeah. wait they're like this chick goes to subway way too much so much <laughs> spent 85 dollars in a single subway oh because you would buy it monthly would you buy it monthly? yeah because i bought them monthly <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> like how many subs does she need <laughs> yeah i was getting catering for a whole ass office let me tell you <laughs> that's hilarious but yeah even just like the tea like things like that they all they add up and you just have to be careful and finding but for the tea, at least, like, you can buy it monthly, and that's most likely cheaper than buying it every other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, little life hacks like that, those are fun. So I feel like on the topic of Boston and, like, life expenses, um, yeah. I know we wanted to talk a little bit about apartment searching and kind of, like, dealing with that aspect of money because at least, like, it's probably the biggest chunk of anyone's um, spending, right. but like especially in Boston, it's like rent is just astronomical. Insanity. <laughs> um, I've always been extremely thankful that my parents have helped me out through college, but now that it's on my own, I'm definitely extremely diligent about that. So I'm currently searching for an apartment. Um, a little confused because I don't know when I'm going to be actually going to work in Boston and kind of wondering what I should be doing, if I should stay home or go back. But yeah, so rent is the probably the biggest and the scariest expense because it is just so much a month. But there is a little tip that rent should be no more than 30% of your post-tax income. Um, so you take your salary, get it monthly, take out taxes, and then do 30% of that. And that is what your rent should be. Um, I know I'm looking like pretty much around that because Boston is crazy Um, and it's not the biggest deal if it goes a little bit over, but it is important to know that that's what people find that works. Yeah. And I also know that in Boston, I mean, I haven't rented anywhere else, so I don't know how like unique this is, but Boston has so many like fees, like upfront fees on top of your rent. So like brokers fees security deposits like first last most of them are due like at the same time or like in the first couple months at least which can also be really overwhelming so like yeah trying to front save heavy for, for that. sure it's front heavy yeah. for sure so as long as hopefully people have savings up like you can at least cover that and then at least you get security mostly back and then you pay last month's rent so you save on the the end of that but yeah that's what's kind of nice is like with august coming up i'm like all right that one's taken care of like thanks year and a yeah. half ago me yeah exactly <laughs> but like when I first got my apartment I probably put down so much money like that was probably insane 
Right. Um, yeah. And I feel like in Boston, they can be like the photos can be like deceiving and. Yeah. Yeah, so searching online for an apartment seems so strange. Like, the only thing I shop online for, like, I don't even shop online for jeans because I know that's <laughs> that's scary. They're expensive. They probably won't fit. Is this apartment going to fit? I don't know. Um, but, I, but I think, it honestly, I feel like in your gut, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Um, I was, see, like, look, I was looking around at, like, comps, like, to compare it to. I was like, this one's beautiful and for so much less than this one and like all of this. And I noticed he had like three listings with all the same pictures. And I was just like, oh, this seems a little weird. Maybe it's probably not true. Like, it's probably not true. Um, And I also saw another unit that was like absolutely beautiful on the inside. And then I actually used Google Street View, which is just on my like Apple Maps. It's so easy. Um, I guess it's Apple Street View, whatever. But you can see that outside of the apart, like apartment building and like the neighboring buildings, and it was it literally looked like it was about to fall down. It was the ugliest, <laughs> like scariest looking building, and I was like, oh no 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 no. I also know that um, Zillow is what I've been using um, to look for my next apartment, and they have a section of the app. It's better on app than it is on browser, which is oh really, unique, but. Um, they have like a section where it'll say like this this rent price is like blank percent above the average for the area mm-hmm. or like blank percent below. So I feel like that's also good to look at and kind of get a sense if you are like in the right sort of price yeah. market for like where you're looking. And um, obviously like size matters and whatnot too. But I just feel like it's good to have like a baseline. So yeah, definitely. And I just well, I wouldn't jump on like the first one you find. Like I would definitely do your research with this especially if you wouldn't be able to see it in person which a lot of people are kind of dealing with right now I know and it's tough because like I know there's like broker's fees still right now which like I understand that <laughs> it's um, like they didn't do anything for like, me I know, I know. I'm like, I I need- have to make money but I'm like I you know. FaceTimed me. like <laughs> yeah sometimes they don't even they just send you like a video that they've already had it's it's weird I know it's a weird time Kylie have you put like your apartment search on pause I don't even know what to do at this point. <laughs> um, so, so I mentioned in earlier in the episode that my law school has essentially given us a choice to opt in for a fully online course load. So, like, regardless of what they choose for people in person or who want to go to class in person, I could have a fully online course load. So, obviously, searching for an apartment, this is my first time searching for an apartment in Boston. I've never had to do it before. And having this option, it's just very uh, overwhelming because I'm like, well, I could move. (laughs) But then, like, what if I get scammed? And what if I get scammed for no reason because I'll be online? And it's just, it's a lot to take in. So, I'm soaking in all of this information because I need to hear it and learn from it. But... Yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a mess recently on this front, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah, it gets better with time and eventually we would be yeah. able to like actually look in person. Yeah. It's also weird because yeah. there's not a lot of people moving to the city, so you, you'd think mm-hmm. like prices maybe will fluctuate. I don't really know if that's true, but anyway, so we talked a lot about 
rent and like taxes and like big picture money situations. But I know Marina had a lot of like little tips that you wanted to share with us. Yes, for things you do. This is my like favorite part. Like little things that I do that I just want to share with the world, or I I just like when little things add up. And I'm like, oh look what this did. Like one one time I was like, oh I found a dollar. Like I never had this dollar before, and I was like, yes. <laughs> but anyways, so my first one would kind of only be applicable if you are living in a city, but it's having both Uber and Lyft. Um, I never used to have Lyft. I don't know why, but I only had Uber. And now that I've had both, I'm able to like, if I'm going somewhere, which I'm going anyways, like I'm going to spend the money regardless. So let me just look at both of them. And honestly, sometimes there'll be times when it's $10 difference. Like it's actually insane how much you can save by just doing that. And it takes like Mm -hmm. another 10 seconds possibly to type type in the address. Yeah. And also not like every city has this, but I know I used Uber pool like pretty much any time I wasn't in a rush mm-hmm. um, or Lyft pool, whatever their equivalent is. Yeah. Lyft line. Um, you're always looking at which one can get me there fastest, quickest, cheapest. <laughs> so I know people that um, want to take the pools often don't want to like sit right next to someone because it's super annoying when you get in the car and it's like four passengers. And then mm-hmm. that's just like, there's so many stops and it just like sucks overall. Mm-hmm. But um Grant's sister-in-law, Brittany, told me that sometimes she'll call it and say it's for her and someone else, like say that it's for two people and she'll pay like an extra dollar or whatever, but then she knows she's going to have like an open seat next to her. So if that's something that bothers you, like sitting right next to a stranger, especially right now, maybe maybe that would help a little bit, have a little more distance. Yeah, that's such a good point. Sometimes I would love when I called a a pool just because I was trying to save money. And no one else would be in it. And it would just be like an Uber. Yes. <laughs> yep. So satisfying. That was, Amazing. That was the, most, that was the best. Um, my other – another little tip is – which is one that I've honestly just recently got into is name brand versus store brand. Basically for anything, but mostly like grocery stores and like CVS um, and Target, which I would never used to do because I'm just like kind of snobby, I guess. But now I'm like, wait a second. Uh, look at this. It's the same thing. Like the ingredients are the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge advocate for this, especially at places like Target when you know that Up and Up is going to be just as good a quality oh as like Neutrogena or whatever it is. Yeah, um, Neutrogena Up and Up is one. the Target store brand, right? Right, right, called? right. Yeah, okay. Um. But yeah, it's just, it's so nice. And the worst thing that happens is you try a store brand and you don't like it as much as the name brand and then you just buy the name brand the next time. But at least you save money that that one time that you tried it out. Right. And also recently, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but like Amazon's prices have been fluctuating a lot, which totally makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, But things that I used to buy on Amazon that I could easily just go to CVS and get or go to the grocery store and get, I've been like actually checking and I've been like, whoa. (laughs) <laughs> I should not be buying this on Amazon when I can just go and get it. Um, their prices yeah. are crazy right now. And also, like, I never really thought of this until my roommate Emily was all about it. But, like, if you know it's something that you're going to need a ton of, like, toilet paper or, like, I don't know, paper towels, like, something that, like, you're going to get through even if it takes you a really long time, she would go to Costco or, like, order online from Costco, like, mass quantities of this stuff. And at first I thought it was like ridiculous, but I was like so glad that she did it because we literally had to pick up those types of things like maybe three times the whole year. Like, wait, is this your roommate, Emily? Yeah. Okay. My roommate, Emily, loves Costco too. (laughs) Like she- Something in the air. Buying in- Something with Emily's in Costco. Buying in bulk is like her (laughs) middle name. We moved into the apartment with everything in bulk size. Bulk size soy sauce. Like 
It's crazy. <laughs> but no, it's For so sure. it's oh so God. they're so right. They're so right. Ironically, I also have a roommate, Emily, but my roommate Amanda <laughs> was the Costco queen. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> she actually wow, bought paper towels at the beginning of the year and I don't think we repurchased paper towels once. Yeah, it's which it's so nice. If it's something that you know you're going to use, like obviously don't buy like, I don't know, avocados in like 40 plus days like <laughs> yeah. you're not going to get through them. But like if it's something that like can sit around and you know you're going to get through, you'll definitely save a lot of money by buying in like even if it seems like an extreme bulk at the time. Yeah, my parents yeah. never had a Costco membership, so I never really got into that, but I totally Same. see the appeal. What are we going to do? Um, my next, like, I say it's a little tip, but it's kind of a big tip because it's honestly a lot of what I do is just selling things on, like, Poshmark or Macari, which are apps, or going into, like, Plato's Closet or Buffalo Exchange. Um, so I just have a shopping problem, and I will go through my closet and be like, wow, I never wore this, or I never wear this, or I never will wear this. Um and it's a problem in that my closet is busting at the seams, but also that I just feel like I have so much stuff all the time. So kind of decluttering and sus- in a sustainable way. Um, and of course, if they don't sell, I always donate them. Um, but it's just good to see if you can kind of recycle it and make money off of it, even though because I honestly, there's these things I just never even wore. Um, and I'm like, why did I have this? <laughs> there's also like, Depop is the same thing too. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I actually have the most luck on Mercari, if anyone's interested. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Um, I would say like Mercari, Poshmark, and then Depop is like my order of sales, I guess. But it also depends <laughs> on what it depends on what you're selling too, because Mercari you can sell honestly anything, like skincare, makeup, that stuff like that you don't use, shoe like shoes, or even like like photo frame like things that you just have in your house that I've sold on there it's like so random but (laughs) if I'm like I'm never going to use this but I feel like somebody else could I put it on there and honestly it probably will sell so Hmm. pro tip yeah Yeah, I was thinking of starting a Poshmark like the other day but it's funny because my mom has had an eBay business for like (gasps) decades really Um, yeah it's it's so similar yeah and so she's like why don't you just let me list it on my store like it's how we already have like an audience whatever so we'll see um anyway so yeah and also um we talked about this on the hold the phone episode but um it's also just like so good for your mental health to like declutter that extra stuff that you have laying around it really um, is it really I'm, I'm like a weird it's from my mother but I'm like kind of a weird about getting rid of things it sometimes hurts a little it hurts the soul a little bit but um I've definitely felt more relief when it's like off my chest and like out of my room um than I would feel like if I still just had it cluttering up <laughs> and you can like see what you actually have like that's the biggest thing for me is like you can actually just get to like okay how many like jeans do I own and then yeah. that's like a good indication of like what you actually have to shop for and like what you can justify totally um which is a good segue into our next point. You wanted to talk a little bit about Honey, which is that the sponsor of of uh, Collar Daddy? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. I was like, how? I know I've heard this before. Really? Oh my gosh. Well, I don't listen to that podcast, but Ooh. Honey, I think I found it through David Dobrik, maybe actually, because he well, also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also just like so. I don't know. It's just so intuitive. You just download it on your browser. 
So there's like a little H in the corner. And if you're on a retail website, like nine times out of 10, it'll pop up and say, oh, we have codes, like, let's try it. So basically, it's like an algorithm or something. They They have all these codes that I would normally be on like retail me not or whatever, trying to find like which one would work and I'd be doing it all manually, but it does it for you automatically. So it will put all the codes in and it'll do the best one. And if there aren't any, it would be like, oh, no, buyer's remorse, whatever. But <laughs> normally, literally, like I think every single time between that and signing up with an email and getting like the first timer discount, um, I would always get percentage off of something, um, like anything that I'm buying. And I would I used to tell myself that I'm only allowed to buy something if I can get it for not full price, which was going well until all of these sales started happening this year. And yeah, I haven't I haven't paid full price for anything in a long time, but I'm still buying a ton of stuff. Um, yeah. And then another cool thing about Honey is that you get points. So if you didn't if you didn't save money, you'll get points for buying through them, sort of like not really through them, but using them. Um, so my mom, like, like last month, she sent me a hundred dollars Sephora gift card and she's like, oh, I got this from my honey gold, like just from shopping because she does it a lot too. Um, she gave me a hundred dollars. I was like, oh, what the heck? What is this? Yeah. Not sponsored, but I'm like, honey, if you want to come through, like, (laughs) (laughs) there's another one too. I'm going to mess up. It's like Rakuten, Rakuten, Rakuten. That sounds um, vaguely familiar. Yeah. Because they have those commercials. They have commercials that are, like, funny. But my mom gets a check from them all the time. I'm like, what? Okay. I'll have to get it. <laughs> I don't shop online anywhere but, like, Amazon most of the time. Really? Um, oh, my God. Props to you. <laughs> well, all I order is, like, embroidery stuff, so. Oh, my God. You're, you're <laughs> such a grandma. <laughs> I know. Um but I guess speaking of Amazon, I was curious about like how you feel about subscriptions like that, like Amazon Prime and like Albert, which is like um, a budgeting app and like things that you pay upfront for, but theoretically end up saving you money. Like what's your opinion on stuff like that? Yeah. So I, for subscriptions, I'm still on my parents' subscriptions for most things. So I don't feel the hurt of Amazon Prime right now. But I also know that I probably could not live without it. Um, so that's my thing. But I think as long as you're managing your subscriptions then and you're actually using it and getting like use and worth out of it, then yeah, totally. Um, but I know like one time I forgot to cancel my Chegg for like well, a year. Um, <laughs> and that's exactly not what you want to do. And I remember... One time I use HelloFresh sometimes, which is another subscription. Um, and I sent my dad like a free box or whatever so he could try it out. But they, they like kind of con you and he has to put in his credit card information. And then he, of course, didn't know that he had to cancel it. And then he was very confused why he kept getting boxes. He was like, why does this keep coming? And I was like, well, you're paying for them. <laughs> like he, had, he had no idea. Um, but yeah, I think if you use the subscription enough and you make sure that yeah, you're just using it for the month or the whatever. Um, it's I say, yeah, totally do it. What is what is Albert though? You'll have to explain it to me. Oh, Albert, I love him. Um, it's this app. <laughs> it's this app that I got last summer when I was on my last co-op, and it's this automatically saving app. So you can like 
either put in a direct amount or like a percentage or you can turn on smart savings where it basically just like tracks your average spending and on weeks that you're spending less it'll pull out more um and then it'll just like live in the albert app and you can um i want to say export but that's not the right word transfer it to um your bank account like whenever you want so i was telling kylie because this is literally how i paid for spring break was um it and it's like pretty mindless too like it'll just take out money like every couple days and like I mean, you should notice, but like I hardly noticed. And um, <laughs> by the end, I had like a thousand dollars, and I literally used that to go to the Bahamas. Wait, I actually love that idea. Yeah, but do you, you pay? Get for, it. Do you pay for it? Is that what you're saying? So it's actually kind of weird. They like ask for you can like donate. Like you basically like you pay what you think it's worth. Like it's like a pay for what's that mm. term? Like you know what I mean? What you pay type of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Interesting. So I think I did like three bucks a month because I was like, Meh. yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I, you, theoretically, I think you could get it for free, but I just like felt pressured and I was like, whatever. I also um, feel like something that goes along with that that I should have mentioned earlier, but I didn't was when I set up my payroll for my internship, full-time job, whatever, I automatically did like a 70-30 split where like 70 would go into my checking account for rent, groceries, whatever, but 30% would always be saved sort of thing. So I like never even, I never even saw that 30%. Yeah. For a second, I thought you were going to say the opposite, like 70% went into your savings and I was going to be like, oh damn. (laughs) You can do, Um, you can change it, whatever. I know some people do 50, 50, but 30, 70 was what worked for me, especially if you're going to be paying rent, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if you do something like that, then like Albert's not as um right necessary but, but i just like that it would track it, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and i just like that it would like detect when you were spending less and when you could be saving more like for example on like the weeks that i paid rent it would like not take any money out because it was like oh girl but then like <laughs> on the months or on the weeks that i was like not leaving the house it would take out like an extra whatever so anyway that was oh, yeah, just an example of like a paid thing that's really cool and i truly don't understand how technology like can do that but it's amazing and definitely take advantage of it i i did feel a little creeped out sometimes because i was like albert's really out here monitoring like every purchase i make but uh-huh. it's fine i remember <laughs> i remember it was like there's such a trend on youtube to do the what i spend in a week type thing yeah yeah um and i actually did it but I, of course, didn't do it correctly because I was like, oh, no, this is, like, a bad week for me. <laughs> but I did track it. <laughs> it was and like very normal. I was, No, yeah, it was definitely normal. I think it was, it was it was the week of 2.17, and I'm trying to think about what I was doing. I think I was, like, getting ready for spring break. So How like, do you my, remember that? No, because I have it on this note. I have it on my notes right now, and I'm looking at it. I never oh. added it. I never added it up because I didn't want to know. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, like $171 at Nordstrom Rack. Like, what were you doing? But I think I was getting ready for spring break. And I think I was getting my hair and nails done. And I was like, oh, no, we're mm. just not putting those in. Because those are, like, once in, like, a few months charges, whatever. Yeah. I was like, we oh, also both. We also both went to the Bahamas <gasps> for spring break, which is kind of weird. Oh, my God. It seems, like, so long ago now. And, like, the world was so different when we were in there. <laughs> I know. Well, we we went, like, separately is what I'm saying. Like, we, we both went separately. We found out like the day before we were getting on planes that we were both going to the Bahamas. We were like, oh, weird. (laughs) So many people went to the Bahamas. And this was right before basically the whole coronavirus in the United States like popped off. So as soon as we came back, we were like, oh, what is happening? (laughs) We like really snuck it in. We snuck in so quickly. (laughs) Okay. So I feel like that's kind of all the money topics that we wanted to cover with Marina for this episode. But 
because she's our guest, we're going to end it off with a game of this or that. So again, Marina has not seen these. It's going to be a real uh, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh <my> so <laughs> we're going to give you five. So nothing too okay. crazy. But Kylie, why don't you kick it off? All right. So eat in or dine out. Oh my goodness. Well, I would have always said eat in, but now I just really want to dine out. <laughs> I feel like I thought you were going to say dine out. I Well, I no, because before this, I would always say dine out. Wait, what did I say? Yeah. You said, I think you said you would have said eat in. <laughs> I would have said eat in. No, you're right. I would have said eat in, <laughs> but now I say dine out. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just thought you would have said dine out because I feel like we've been to so many restaurants together, but maybe that's because we were like on a trip and that made sense. Yeah. That's all we were doing. Yeah. Okay. Next one is breakfast or dinner. Oh, oh my god, this is so easy, guys. Breakfast! <laughs> Whoa, I'm the same way. <laughs> no, a lot of people a lot of people aren't, but no, I just love all breakfast foods. This mm-hmm. isn't one of them, but are you like a savory or a sweet breakfast person? Like I can do both. Like I want to go when I go to a breakfast place, I'm like both. I'm like I want an omelet with like sausage, but I also want pancakes. Like I want mm. and I want the f- home fries. Like I want I usually do get both actually. So if I'm there with a friend, we'll be like, oh, you want to split the pancakes? You want to split the waffle? Mm, that's and I'll, get an, and I'll get an omelet. Because I do like eggs. Like, I just like, I like all breakfast foods. You're sweet, right, Kylie? I am mostly sweet, but I'll never say no to a good omelet, a good hash brown, a frittata mm-hmm. even. Love. <laughs> exactly. And, like, the drinks are better in the morning. Like, I like juice in the morning. Coffee, like coffee. tea. I thought you were going to say, like, mimosas. Uh, <laughs> yeah no i think breakfast breakfast is a fave okay understood yep. all right next one is oh wait kylie i think it's your turn yeah so call or text oh my goodness ah can i say like both uh okay i'll walk you through my 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 thoughts <laughs> I don't have patience to, like, have a conversation. Okay, I'm going to preface this by saying I have not had a boyfriend in four years, <laughs> a.k.a. someone that I've – someone actually, five years. So someone that I, like, I'm just, like, constantly texting back and forth. And I've, like, started to try to do that more, but then I'm like, wait, I don't have the patience for this anymore. Like, it's gone. Um, I'd much rather text a little bit and then call a little bit. I don't know. Or FaceTime. Like, I like FaceTiming at night sort of thing. I respect it. Yeah. And, like, yeah. with my with friends, it's also different because it's, like, usually a big group chat of friends. So it's not really even, like, texting, really. It's kind of just, like, I don't even know. Yeah. I think it depends. If I'm, like, making plans, I'd rather just call someone. But if I'm just, like, chatting. Oh, yeah. And we I'd all have that one. Them. We all have that one friend that, like, you just can't get what you're trying to say through text and you have to call them yeah. and be like, yeah. are you okay? <laughs> like, I, I have, like a, few, have like, a few of those. The bad texter friend, too, that just, like, is so straightforward and, like, doesn't have, like, the, like, LOL smiley face culture in green. Oh, gosh. Or the friend that has 500 unread messages and if they don't want to talk to you, they just don't read it, but you know they're there and you're just, like, the phone. <laughs> Those yeah, people that, me out. <laughs> it gives me such anxiety when they're like, I have 106 unread messages. I'm like, how? I don't know 106 <laughs> people. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Literally, no, say, yeah. Okay, the next one is teleport or read minds. Oh, goodness. Um, 
I'm going to have to, uh, I've wanted both of these at, like different times in my life. I'm like, oh, I really <laughs> wish I could do that. I feel like the one that comes most, the most important to my mind would be like teleporting. Yeah. For senses of like traveling and like, because I hate commuting. And when I was little, I would have to walk down the street to go to my bus stop. And I remember I'd always be like, oh, if only I could just teleport there right now. <laughs> like, I, I feel like that's way more useful in my life. I always think of, um, do you guys remember Toontown, where they would pull out a black, like, hole from their pocket and slap it on the ground and jump in? And that's yes. No, like, I always think about that. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. I really I don't I really want to know other people's thoughts. I feel no, like that's not me good either. Me. Yeah. Because what if they're thinking bad things about Exactly. You? That could be just emotionally destructive. But also, I do want to know what people are thinking sometimes. All right. Okay, Kylie, you end us off. Yes. So the last one is concert or museum. Oh, gosh. Uh, concert? <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. Concert. Sorry to all the art people out there. Yeah, I, I don't like know. the science museums. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, the, like, a few months ago, I was like, oh, I was like, grabbed one of my friends. I was like, can we go to the MFA? Like, I haven't gone in so long because Northeastern is, like, right on the MFA, like, on your soul yeah it's free stared at it and it's also free yeah and she was like oh no that's so boring and now I'm like oh I wish I went (laughs) yeah but I would say concerts just because I'm really into music and like fun uplifting country music and those concerts if you've been to a country music concert you know they're the best um I could really use that right now (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because I feel like the concerts that like Kylie and I go to you need like mental preparation like (laughs) It's what like do you mean? Everyone's oh. like some sort of twisted, like not that we go to like um yeah like what heavy metal shows, but like <laughs> I don't know, like even just like we went to Chelsea Cutler in February and it was like it was like no. dark, you know. I was gonna say we went to Chelsea Cutler and it's dark, and I was on the floor, and it was literally all sixteen-year-old girls that like were ruthless they were like I will run you over if it means I get a half a foot closer to the stage and I was like I'm too old for this like I oh, yeah. the worst I can't do this so that's why I feel like a nice stroll through like you know that part of the museum of science where you can like the electricity will like touch your finger like that's so fun you know <laughs> whatever I've never been <gasps> you've never been is it in Boston Marina yeah what? Yeah, there's one in Connecticut I've been to. It's called the Children's There's Science a Green Museum. Line stop. <laughs> Sorry, Anya. Park. Next time. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. Um, that kind of concludes this episode of Two Degrees Hotter. So thank yes. you to our guest Woo! for being on the show. Um, we will link her Instagram. What is it? Is it just Marina Hess? Oh, my gosh. Marina underscore Hess. <laughs> okay, yeah. Marina underscore Hess. Um, we will link it in the description and we will link that budgeting sheet that we talked about as yes. well and yeah so thanks so much for being on the show thanks for having me guys yes thank you so much and thank you for listening to this episode and we will talk to you guys next week see ya bye, bye.